Did you have any peripherals on your PlayStation? On, on any of your old consoles? No. Me yeah. either. I feel like I'd seen the L, the like the multiplayer bar. I think I'd seen it somewhere before, but I never used it. There's only two of us, so you only you didn't need one. I'm just trying to preamble into this. Get a run up. You give me nothing. No. You give me nothing to work with. Absolutely nothing. I saw your Loki crocodile at the store today. I think that's cute. It's funny. It's a two-dimensional image. It's not a fucking thick plush image. It's a two-dimensional pillow as well. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. It's just a flat... Yeah. I could have just made it plushy, but they chose not to. Huh. Yeah. Let's be honest. They probably stole the image from somewhere. Fuck, it's probably off of, it's probably off of like Redbubble, which is stolen from like three or four other places already. How you but feeling? this one has the official tag. Oh yeah, they put the tag on it. Hey, we know for a fact Disney steals their fucking sculpture designs. Remember that dude with the tiki room fucking thing he made? Hmm. Cool. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the school for Wayward Nerds. The only whoops. <laughs> Alright, preamble again. Small, we don't know our own intro. Listen here, Buster. As we mentioned last week, yeah, I'm in my like work equivalent of a crunch time, so at best I am damaged. What's your excuse for every other day of the year? I was wounded for several hours by just a burrito being nice. Alright? That's that's where I'm at. So ladies and future boys, welcome to the school for Wayward Nerds. The only podcasts are I naturally say only every time. It's not written here. And it's fucking me up. The podcast equivalent of a bucket with a hole in it. Fitting. Fitting that I wrote that, apparently. <laughs> My name is Toby DePola, And over the last few weeks, we've mentioned a couple things on air. You know, we're talking about, like, non-comic book, comic book movies. You know, like, your Incredibles, your Orgasmos. Do you have no examples? Holes. It's not a comic book thing. You know, you know what I mean? The ones that are clearly, like... Going for that style, but not actually based on anything. No, that's a book. Or a Tim Burton Batman film. <laughs> They're not based on fucking anything. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've also brought up, like, that early 2000s emo Matrix generation of movies, i.e. your Chronicles of Riddick, your Blades and such. Ooh, ooh, ooh. What is it, The Return of Xander Cage? Never seen any of them, just a funny title to me for some reason. Uh, yep, yeah, so it seemed in our wheelhouse currently to take a look at the first movie in a franchise I once marathoned coming out of Anesthesia. Um, a first, the first watch that became a blur of latex and guns and I'm pretty sure a prequel in like Skyrim times. Today we're covering the 2003 Twilight Gang War that is Underworld. Joining me for this episode is producer Kaya. I will be present for the reading of this script. Okay, great. You watched the movie. Had you seen them before? Yes. Okay, cool. Just make sure. Did you have a favorite I, of I the bunch? I told you, I watched these in high school when our teachers skipped out on us for the day, and rather than just sitting in the quad, we all went into a classroom and watched Underworld. The principal walked in, went, hmm, that's nice, and then backed out of the room. Well, as we'll cover, it's not like it's a, it's violent. 
But it's not like it's rude or sexual or anything. It's relatively tame in a lot of ways. I just think he didn't want to... Deal with you? There was 40 17-year-old children in that classroom. Yuck. I don't think he wanted to fight us. Fair call. So, Underworld, huh? It started as an idea written by these three guys, none of which seem to have had any credits in the field of writing before this. Well, most of them after either. Um, It makes you feel good, though. That anyone can do anything. Yeah. Well, this was in that weird block where really high-budget horror movies were a thing. Um, It was only for, like... Hellboy. Yeah, I think that would be just... Depending on when that came out. There's, like, a... Right at the end of the 90s, right at the start of the 2000s, when everything was, like... When the world was supposed to end. What's, what's the one where, um... Yeah. Yeah, it's that, um... That, um... Life after people. party that we had. What was that one Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten by a shark? You know, movies like that. Big budget ones. But, 2004, so yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'd say that. Alright, so, um... Yeah, and in classic horror-style fashion, didn't have a lot of expertise going into it. A lot of creative people start in horror because it's an easy thing to try. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. So, um... Look at this one. Haunted Mansion. Kevin Grevoire, I'm going to say. I'm going to say that with one of those New Orleans-y things because it's got an O-U-X at the end. Um, He didn't have many writing credits and mostly played bit parts. This guy actually appeared as, like, you know... You know, like, the extra with lines... The one that's slightly above extra, but not quite a starring role. Um, you know, he appeared in films like Men in Black 2, Charlie's Angels, things like that. Uh, and then you've got Len Wiseman. Again, not much writing credits, uh, meaning this and the Sleepy Hollow TV series is his entire list. I think that was good. These movies and that. Um, but he, he was a producer. Like, he's producing still. Uh, he worked on the Lucifer TV show, the Swamp Thing TV show. And is apparently, check out this exclusive, working on an Underworld TV series mm-hmm. and a Sin City TV series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if either of those will come to light, but according to his IMDb, he's busy. That's good. Yeah. And lastly, of the three guys writing this movie, is Danny McBride, who's didn't have a huge IMDb credit list either, but the one that caught my eye was he's a stuntman in 1999's Jawbreaker. You know, the one that makes mean girls look like a bunch of bitches. I wonder if he's related to the other McBride. Mm-hmm. I thought I recognised the name, but obviously not, because he's... Yeah. Um, yeah, I really have no idea how this movie even happened. Like, um, uh, Kevin would play Ra- uh, Raze, or Raz. Um, Len would direct, and Danny would do the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as always on the podcast, we go cast next. Obviously, you got your main one. Celine is played by Kate Beckinsale, who liked that the role could have been played by a guy. See, this is... I'll hand this over to you shortly, Kyle. But before Wonder Woman, Black Widow, and Captain Marvel, there wasn't much in the way of women hero stuff. Before Underworld, there was, like, Tank Girl and Powerpuff Girls. And then after, like, the year after Underworld, there was the Halle Berry Catwoman. And then the year after that was the Electra movie. So there was, like, a... So you guys... Um, Kill Bill. I was going to say there's maybe a decade penalty because of that Catwoman and that Electra and a few other things from around that time. There's, there's a few, but 100% not a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you might have a better perspective on that sort of stuff, but 
She liked that, like, it could have been any gender that she was playing. It's not specifically a lady for lady's sake. Yeah. yeah. Makes more sense when they made it more romantic. It would yeah, but be really weird if it was a dude kissing a dude in that one scene. There's, there's genders. There's a lot of movies where if you swapped genders, it would be really fucking creepy or wrong or, like, super inappropriate. Whereas this one, oh, if no, you swapped you could, the roles, the gender either. roles, either, yeah. Like, if she was chasing after Michelle instead of Michael, like, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't matter. No, there's no genderism to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mentioned Michael. So you've got Michael Corvin, who is played by Scott Speedman. Um, I won't talk much of his character here because i got to sum up the movie later and that would just shit my proverbial bed to do it now. Hmm. Uh, same goes for Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, which is Bill Nahi, um, as the old vampire Victor. Do you like him in this? He's okay. I, like, I think he's a good actor. I, I've, I've not hated him in anything. Yeah. But I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's... But like, I also wouldn't... He writes the Christmas like... song in love, actually. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick him as like a favorite actor either. He's just the one that caught my eye because I've seen him in other stuff, and no one else on this has that going for them. Kate has. What the fuck, I don't know her from anything. I know her from this. Really? Mm. Okay. Why? What did she got? Oh, she, obviously, you could think of so many. Um. All right, so you've got the dickhead leader of the vampire group that Celine sort of lives in. I guess like the coven. Coven? She's in Pearl Harbor, Van Helsing, uh-huh. Click. I've seen Click, but I don't remember Click. Um, a lot of like, ladies want to see what they want to do about it. Nothing. She's, she's in lots. Yeah, but not, not, none of my stuff. Um, yes, yeah, so you've got um the leader of the Coven, who's a guy named Craven, with a K. Untitled Charlie Dayton. Um... She is played by Shane Broly. He is played by Shane Broly, sorry. Um, he sucks. I don't think it's that actor doing it. I think he's just a really dickish character. Remember but that, then he's doing remember a that good one? job. Yeah, it's one of those. I'm sick of people getting mad at actors because they do their job well. Mm. It's not. He, he didn't choose to come into that scene wearing that like high-collared glitter disco shirt. No, it was fun. Fuck, they made, they went out of their way to make the most hateable character in this oh, movie. Yeah, they, did they did a great job of it. Um, and then you've got the opposite, you know, the opposing leader of the, um, the werewolf community, the Lycan group, uh, Lucian, uh, who's played by Michael Sheen. Um, in this movie, I'm in, I'm uncomfortable by the size of his forehead. Yes. Um, I will refer to him a lot in the podcast as an upside down butternut pumpkin or neocortex cosplaying as Rob Zombie. But I will give props, um, you know, because he is, um, I wrote it down uh, phonetically, Isa Raphael. He's good in that. Um, he's the angel in Good Omens that's next to um, David Tennant, the Neil Gaiman one. I, I know who he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know him from, like, a different fucking vampires and werewolves hanging out but having sex sometimes movie. He's from Twilight. Yeah, that one. He plays... I saw him in IMDb and I was like, I don't know if that's an important character because I've yeah, never he's, seen he's him, like so I didn't write it down. The Lords. Yeah. He, he plays Victor, but in Twilight. Is he a vampire in that? Yeah. That's dumb. He should have been a werewolf in that one too. No, because they're all Native Americans. Oh, yeah. Racism. 
Um, what else have we got? Yeah, I just I just don't think the design of his character matched the actor in this movie. No, I think, like, I think it's like he's got like he's, yeah, he's got a weird big forehead. What story it was? Hmm. It's, it's framed funny. Yeah, so um, yeah. Speaking of this movie, um, the opening stuff I remember pretty well. Um, we meet our protagonist Celine, who is perched on a gargoyle, grim superhero style, and she gives the viewer a pretty solid rundown up to this point of you know the movie's universe and history and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, th- there was a war um, between lichens and vampires that was pretty much over. It's still kind of well, Yeah, the, the main part of it is, anyway. The Lycan general named uh, Lucian had died, and the rest of the werewolves kind of scattered to the wind. However, if you heard me mention the main cast, you will have suspicions that he is not so dead after all. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, so, Celine is a death dealer, which is a relatively cringe way of saying she is an assassin to pick off the remaining werewolves. So, it's been 600 years since the big war. Um, the Lycans no longer require the moon to transform. Um... Her ex- fancy. They can just do it on their own. Yeah. Um, she has, like, this kind of Victorian manner of speaking. Um, the, the scene itself is very blue. Um, it's very rainy. It's all very over-the-top in an evanescence kind of way, you know? It and, is and very I, evanescence. And I like it for sticking to that vibe. You, do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to explain. Kind of like all the stuff you say about, like, the Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher versions of Gotham City. It's believable that like it if, takes place. Yeah, if you're going to have this sort of... At least they're committing to it, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'd rather I'd rather something weird than just, like, look, everybody, it's Pittsburgh. And it's like a neon light that says a plus. You know what I mean? If you're going to do a movie, do something fun with it. I mean, it's the same as... Um, do you think Cat in the Hat, starring Michael My- Mike Myers, would be nearly as impressive if it was filmed in, like, a city? Yeah, I've I've got mixed up as that to which was really the right one and which was the, the murdering one. But yeah, like set design is a big piece of film, and I think if you got, it, but that's I think I think it's fun to really lean into it sometimes. It's somewhat similar with they tried to do it really hard in Captain Marvel, and I think they only kind of got away with it. No, no, no they put a blockbuster in it, and that's it. Hence, that's all it. Hence that they only kind of got away. like. It's, they, she, they Shield, tried, but yeah. Shield has a different set and things like that. Like they did try, mm. but it still just looks like a town. Yeah, it just looks like they've quickly overlaid a couple of actual like lived-in places. Yeah. yeah. Whereas this doesn't look like that for a fucking minute. This looks ridiculous. It's funny. Like I'll, I don't think I wrote it down anywhere, but it's it's something that I find fascinating. That every complaint someone could have about this movie is like a good quality that someone could find in this movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so over the top. It's like, yeah, but it's cool. It's over the top. Look at it. You know, it's like, oh, it's so grim and, and dark and sad. It's like, it's stylized. <laughs> like, it just depends on how you word it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, no, it definitely leans into what it is. Which is good, because that's what it is. So it should be done. Yeah. Anyway, this setup places her on a tower stalking a couple of lichens on her little gargoyle, as you do. Um, her and another guy, whose name I didn't write down. Um, they're fo- they're stalking these lichens into a subway station. Um, I like their communication where she does like the upward tilt, like the hey, and then the other vampire does the nod, being like yeah, <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> and off they go. 
Yeah. Um, so they're going to the train state, the subway station after these, uh, Vulc- Vulcans, after these lichens. Um, and it devolves quickly from stealthy stalking to a significant shootout quicker than me playing a level of fucking Hitman. Yep. It's all very stylized and it's fun to watch. You know, it's great. There's lots of diving around and shooting and Celine's eyes turn the icy blue when she kills things. There's also this, there's these heavy looking things with blades on them that she uses like one time in the movie. And I had, and I had more luck finding like the props auction history than finding if they had a name. They probably didn't have a name. They look like two silver crumpets stuck together with a bunch of Stanley knives sort of around. They look like owl. Yeah, they look like paper cup machine. Um, no, nah, because paper cup... The thing annoying about paper cup is it's so small. The thing Those about this, weren't small. They left wound. And the thing is, like, they go past the blade when they dig into um Ra's race. Because they're like... Half like the big metal lump itself is like halfway into his chest. It's ridiculous. It's, it's purely there to slow you down. It's purely there to look stylized. I <laughs> she could have just thrown a knife, but no. Um, yeah, it's great. There's lots of things going on. Um, yeah, they look they look like a weapon that a bionicle would use. That describes them pretty well. Um, I'm not doing a very good job of describing the details of this movie. So let's try describing what is actually going on in a broader sense. Celine and the other vampire dude are spotted by the lichens and the shootout starts. The vampires have silver bullets because that's what you kill werewolves with. Um, a random woman is clipped in the crossfire and a dude rushes over to help her. Um, the lichens pay attention to this, one even grabbing for the guy before getting taken out. Um, Celine's buddy, whose name I did not find worth writing down, um, gets shot and killed, revealing that the lichens have developed a new type of bullet to compete with the silver ones. They're filled with a vague ultraviolet fluid that works like sunlight. Again, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Very stylized, very fitting. They look like they're full of... Um, they wind and dark. They do. They look like they're full of um, Mountain Dew high voltage or uh, something. They look like the memories out of Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I was going to say maybe Windex. Nah. <laughs> That's too blue. All right. Well, Celine chases... Uh, one of the lichens down these train tracks into what she believes to be a nest or hideout full of these fucking things. Um, she takes all these details and findings and evidence of what's going on and skedaddles. The possible lichen uprising, the fancy new bullets full of Mountain Dew, um, and the fact that they might have been stalking a mortal for some investigating reason. Well, no, reason. she doesn't know that yet. I mean, she still brings it back with her. She takes the camera Yeah, she takes her. the camera with her. And it's when she's looking at the photos, she's like, why are they both looking yeah. at this one dude? And the movie stems well from this. Like, it comes off as one of those, like, you know, sort of cold opens just to show some fun action before, like, you get underway that shows that your character is capable of doing things. It's got the hook. You know what I mean? But it quickly becomes the main plot itself. Like, a lot of everything stems from this scene. Yeah. Which is good. It's good writing. Yeah. Because, yeah, it tricks you into being part of the movie, so to speak. So that, I'm not describing said, what I mean well, but you you know what I mean when like it sets everything up without giving you anything. a chance to realize how important the events of that are. Yeah, they ripple. It's got a good ripple effect. You're just sitting there and you're like, oh, this is interesting, and then all of a sudden you know quite a lot about all of the characters involved. Yeah. So yeah, Celine had gone back to the big old mansion she lives in with her clan of blood-sucking bodies. Again, very stylized. The exact furniture and style you would picture if they did like a vampire episode of MTV Cribs. 
Um, they've got the long cigarettes you like to point out. The, like the Coella Deville ones, yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's what they're called for us now. Great. Um, yes, the, the scenery and style. Close one, though, not that other one. Yeah. Um, if I had to describe like the overall style of this movie, it's Blue Matrix, hundred percent. Nah, I'm going with Evanescence, particularly with the jumping off the building thing. The Bring Me to Life music video. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's you. That is me. That's not me. Something happened in my Fallout vault. Put that over here next to the leather jacket I brought out to record in and then didn't wear. I know, because I know that. You know that noise? (laughs) We're not addicted to shitty freemium games. If I fill it in my pocket, I'm like, oh, I don't have to check it. (laughs) I mean, that's good. Um, She takes the the sun bullet she picked up into that little armory that they've got going on, and we meet Craven here. Um, She tells this dickhead, bro, there's a growing lichen faction, and they got UV munitions, and they're openly attacking people in public, and Craven's like, yeah, well, we're having, like, a fancy ball gala in a few days. Does she tell them about the bullets? Yeah, she fucking shows it to him. I thought she only shows the weapons dude, and he turns up during that. Yeah, he's fucking there when she's like, look at all this evidence of shit that's going on, and he's like, yeah, well, I have to wear a fancy outfit and probably eat cake and do that thing where you have the cup and you dink it like, you know, the... I like that you're playing it off as nothing. It's the awakening of a lord. Who gives a shit? (laughs) Probably all the vampires in the coffin. You know how many quote-unquote leaders I say come and go through my career? Doesn't matter. (laughs) It's a little bit different. Nah, it's fine. At any rate, though, Maybe, like, if there's, like, an actual genuine problem, maybe don't ignore it because you have a party on the weekend. Look, I can (laughs) understand it because you don't want to... You see, I thought that was strange. Um, You know, if if you're planning a big party, Hmm. you're like, nobody test for COVID because I don't want anyone to miss out. I see. Alright, so speaking of Craven being a bitch, you know who else is also a little bitch? Erica. Nah, she's blonde one. Nah, she sucks ass. Nah, After like Celine back talks um, Craven and storms off, essentially doing the you're not my real dad kind of fucking vibe. You're not my real husband. You're not my real uh, vampire boss guy. You're not my real betrothed. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. Erica runs over to Craven. She's like, I would never talk back to you, Craven. I fucking, I love you so hard, Craven. You're my best buddy, Craven. You know, because she's fucking dumb. Um,. Oh, no, see... She radiates more simp energy than vampire energy, man. It's crazy. No, so, originally, in that one scene, I went with simp as well. Uh, but as the movie progressed... She's still... She is extremely intelligent. But she's still doing it solely to simp. No. Yeah. No, she yeah, doesn't... She no. Mm. She doesn't care about him. She cares about the position that he would put her in. Because mm. if nah. you, like... Particularly I'll have to see what she's doing in the sequel again because no, that no, would well, answer this. That would, that would there is this a particular argument. exchange later on when she frees Celine mm. and she's like, why are you helping me? She's like, I'm not helping you, I'm helping me. And I took that as you, a different way. We'll get to no, it. No, we'll when you look back on all of her previous actions, uh-huh. she's like, I know there is no way for me to get like a leadership role in this coven other than to fuck this piece of shit. And I'm willing to do that to get to the height of the coven. And that is some balls. So you you have you have boss her energy, I have simp energy. I'm still sticking to mine. But we'll get to it when we get to it. But, but see, I'm putting it there because mm. this film, and I said this during the watching, is a very female gaze-directed film. 
I don't know what that means, but we're going to get to how it's maybe a race case. I think so too. Mm. When you take in mind all of the Lycan origin stuff and then remember what Raz looks like, the dude who wrote a big chunk of this movie, you go, I'm glad this wasn't written by a bunch of racist white dudes. That's all I'm going to say. There's a perspective level there, and I think it was handled a very specifically impossible to replicate way. Yeah. So... I like the idea of the UV bullets. I think that's cool. It's a, like, it's a good concept to compete with the silver bullets that have been, you know, um, a key piece of werewolf culture since the 1700s. That's about as far back as I can find them in, um, in you know, history and books and stuff. Isn't it weird that werewolves used to, like, like the pentagram used to be their thing? Satanists co-opted that so hard, like, completely took that away from the werewolf people. It's weird. Um, so Erica is sent to get Celine. Ready? Yes. Um, She's given her little naked dress. D- d- dude, right? It's a fucking completely transparent dress. But we never see Celine in it. Good. That's objectification of the highest order. Um, yeah, she, she's getting ready because some of the vampires are coming into town for their fucking little celebration, then... Chinese New Year, but the you vampires. You really didn't pay attention to that whole storyline. No, I do, I do, but you don't meet Marcus until the fuck sequel. Yes, it's fine. I'm not saying it doesn't go anywhere. It's just a way to get the vampire castle nearby. Mm. So fuck it. <laughs> I got bigger, I got bigger problems, my guy. Um, yeah. So they're going to awaken a dude named Marcus. Um, Marcus and. Um, when Erica finds Celine, she's, um, looking at the seal that Victor is sort of, like, behind. Ground. Yeah. They have naps between, you know, they, they take turns being the boss and then they go see. Yep. Yeah. Um. Unlike Twilight, where they all do it at once. Where they all hang out and play baseball to muse. Um, yeah, Celine is doing the what would Jesus do, but with Victor instead <laughs> kind of thing. And Erica gets her to go to her room, but instead of getting changed into a fucking see-through dress, um, she starts reviewing, like, the camera footage um, that other From guys took. Yeah. So, you know Michael. Like, sorry? Michael was the the dude that grabbed, that was trying to help that the shot lady. And... She notices in the photos that the lichens were, like, following him the whole time. Especially because they were, like, grabbing for him and shit. And she's like, that's weird. What, you know, what, you know, what, that's a what bit odd. What could these dogs want with the person? He doesn't even have a tennis ball. That's right. And the movie tells you why they're keeping tabs on him straight away. So it's like it knew I was going to ask. So it cuts to a sore-looking basement where Werewolf Megamind... <laughs> Um, has a creepy little Nazi scientist trying to find the ancestor of a man named Corvinus. Um, and one of the next possible people on that list of theirs is Dr. Michael Corvin. Kind of reminds me of the Terminator 2 thing, where he's just walking around looking for Sarah Connors. I think that's in the first one as well, actually. Never seen Terminator, that. Terminator 3 is the one where the one get like, expands tits to get out of a parking ticket. Now, that's not female gays. Never seen it. Any of them? No. Cool. I just know the, like, famous lines. Yeah, just anything Arnold Schwarzenegger has ever said. Yeah. He's, he is a quotable man. Because if it's not a Terminator quote, it's a Mr. Freeze quote, and there is nothing else. Oh, and the you son of a bitch, you know, when they do the big handshake in Predator. See, he was doing I'll Be Back, but I don't know what that film's for. I'd fucking Terminator 1. Okay. 
he goes to the police station. He's like, I want to kill the lady you got in the cell. And they're like, no. And he goes, all right, I'll be back. And then he, like, leaves and, like, drives a fucking car through the front of the police station. I hope I'm remembering the right movie. Otherwise, I'm going to sound like an idiot. But you know what? It's on me. I'm, I'm not great. <laughs> okay. Um. So, yeah, they're looking for this ancestor. Um, Michael Corvin's on this list. Who we cut to next? We better check in on him. Um, we see he's leaving the hospital that he works at. And I only mentioned that he's leaving there because he's talking to a guy who probably isn't really his friend, Captain Colt. Um, Wentworth you Miller. You mean prison break? No, no, I saved that for when I refer to him next time, actually. I'm not going to refer to Wentworth, Wentworth Miller by anything but characters he has played from here on out. It is a weird... Again, it's like um the, the Bill Nahi thing. Like I'm like, oh, that dude's from Stuff. Which stands out to me, because this is a very unfamiliar little movie. He's such a memorable boy. Oh, he's fucking young. He was young 20 years ago. He's such a memorable boy. Crazy. Um, I will say, this movie does very well at giving you everything you need at that moment, but still holding back a lot of stuff It's to, like, drizzle it to you later. I think it's... I think I took more notice of it because... There was, like, no resume to any of the people involved in this movie. but And, like, they did a really good job. But I just mean at no point do you, like, is there that overhanging question of why were they following him or... And any time it gets to a point where you would ask, it naturally... That's they give it to That's you. usually the next scene. Um, it's weird, but, like, the way that I would liken it is, like, the trash cans at Disneyland. Because, okay, so the story is that they didn't put trash cans in originally, and Walt would just, like, sneaky follow people and see how far from getting something to when they started looking for a bin. And that was when he would put a he bin in. He would stalk people. I wish, we, I wish he had lived he longer was- to see him actually try to, um... What's the word? Vacate the American thing. I don't know what the word is. I wanted he- I wanted Epcot to happen, like really. I really wanted Epcot. I, I want to see him become a weird dictator in the middle of the United States. <laughs> but I don't think. Like, I think they're losing their police rights in Florida too. But oh, that's a whole thing. Yeah, we'll come back to that. That's hard work. We will not come back to that. If you want to know my opinions on that, you can ask. But we're not going to do an episode. <laughs> Not getting into what's currently happening in American politics. So you're saying this movie is really well paced? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Man. Ugh. Mm. Um, so Celine ditches her clan's dumb t- little tea party. Again, n- not really caring about the importance of that whole situation, whatever. Um, she goes to find this mortal and get some answers. Like, what, what are they doing? Why are they looking for him? Um, she gets his address and starts poking around until he comes home. Like, she disappears and hides while he um, checks his answering machine. Um, Who knows someone's there, though, because, like, she left the door open. Look, yeah, and then he checks the answering machine. Because you see, listener, back in 2003, we had these things called landlines. These had these little cassette doodads that would record a message if you weren't home. This is an answering machine. You had to pay for them. They were a separate part to the uh. Um, and there's a message from Prison Break there. <laughs> Did, didn't learn his name from that show. Um, saying that the, the police had been at the hospital looking for him. And I like that they're specifically asking 
for him regarding the subway shooting. Like, they actually have, like, a fake good Cover reason. Story. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out them police were just lichens in disguise. Which, picturing the Big Bad Wolf in a police costume is great to me. I am tired while I'm writing this. It says right there. Um, And we've... It took me, like, two and a half watches to catch on that we've seen those specific, like, actors as lichens earlier in the film. Because yeah. we see one of them's pubes. They in the fight. Yeah, they're the ones, they, like, they fisty cuffs like, seen in the... Like in Fight Club. Yeah. Um, Which is when Celine realises that there yeah, is... Yeah, that's the one she's overhearing going, oh, I'm, I'm just one lady and I cannot hit a fucking target to save my life, man. Mm-hmm. So the lichens are approaching quickly. Um, before anyone can get any answers from anybody, like, in the apartment, Celine hears them coming. Uh, Michael skedaddles, he gets away. The roof starts caving in. That effect looked a little bit outdated, but um, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll loop back around. Um, so Michael runs away, he gets into the elevator, out of his shit apartment building, leaving Celine in the hallway as Lycan's charge towards her. I think this might be the most remembered scene in the whole franchise. Possibly. I think so. Um, she just starts shooting the floor. She spins around, shooting a big old circle, and then like the Christmas tree in the Grinch, she drops through the floor. Look! I'm not saying it's not a very cool scene, but I don't think it's possible. <laughs> she escapes the coming lichens, which don't look great sticking to the walls like Spider-Man. But all in all, for a movie from 2003... Oh, man, the it holds up. The CGI should not hold up as good as it does. Like It holds up better than like films coming out today. We just covered Holes from the same year, and its effects were fucking awful. Another movie I remember mostly for being gross-looking... From that same year, 2003, was The Hulk. Not the one that's kind of part of the MCU, but not really. The other one. Um, Underworld went with the Jurassic Park style of CGI. Meaning, if it could be done practically, it was. And the CGI is mostly used to connect the practical effects or to blur the lines of the said thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think they did good. We were pretty impressed by it. Oh, it's very well done. Yeah, considering this movie is pushing, like, 20 years at this point. And again, you can kind of, like, the parts where it doesn't work well, you can kind of cover up with the stylization of the film. Yeah, you can hide a fair bit of it in, like, how dark and rainy and grainy the quality of the film is on purpose. Yeah. So, the transformed lichens look really good. Like, they look great. Um, they're, That's because there's a dude on stilts who can't see under the big practical monster. They're all very well designed and built. And even their transformations, like, they clearly spent a lot of time getting that right. And the only one that, like, I understand why it's there, but it's probably the grossest part of it. Hmm. It happens twice. During Michael's transformation. In the police car or the other one? And during Victor's... Um, Reawakening. Oh, I know what you're talking about. We'll, I'll when, get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. 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 I've I've definitely taken some time to admire those moments. Look, I understand, but at the same time, I don't think you understand where pop culture was in 2003, and we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about things. Bitch, I'm older than you. I spent a lot more time researching stupid details. Okay. Bitch, I'm older than you. I have been alive longer. Yeah, I am going to, like, back on the CGI sort of train before we tangent back away. I'm going to deduct points from this movie, though. Because the DVD menu 
is way worse than Holes. Like, it is fucking gnarly bad. We went through that period, too, where they were like, do we really have to bother with menus? They weren't a part of VHS. I fucking hate that they're lazy about it now. Exactly. I like, I, there's a charm to them. Don't get me wrong, the special feature where you have to walk around Diagon Alley like a bitch. Or that one where you have to find the invisible villains in the Spider-Man animated series DVD. And if you click them, some of them have a bonus episode in them, for fuck's sake. Harry Potter 2. That's what I'm talking trivia about. Trivia questions with the car. Mm, the Brother Bear one, when it quizzed you and it told you what your totem was. And 90% of the time, you got the bird, I think. There was, like, no, there was like no like end of that answer. Final Tangled Destination also. would tell you how you would die. Tangled also had a really good menu. That shit is awesome. I love that dumb interactive crap, and we'll never see it again. That's too much work. But, yeah, at the end of the day, the Underworld one is fucking ugly. <laughs> like, it's the part, like, the cover, you know, of her standing on the gargoyle. And the back of her um, coat is, like, lazily photoshopped into Wobbly. <laughs> like, you can see the edge where it stops being a static image. It's, uh, that part was ugly. But the rest of the movie is very well done. Very good. Especially for, like, a bunch of, like, newcomers. You know, I don't know what the budget was. I know they smashed it in box office. But, yeah. So, tangent aside, we have Michael reaching the bottom floor in his elevator. Um, who meets him there, Kaya? Um, I wrote Psycho... They just keep trying to say Aro, but it's not... I wrote Psycho off from Dragon Maid's dad. The big forehead girl's dad. Uh, it's Lucian. So, Celine shoots him immediately, no hesitation, and he goes down, but he bites Michael on his way out. Lucian. Lucian. Not Lucian. No, they call him Lucian towards the end, and I was like, fuck, I've got to change how I'm mentally pronouncing this. They do, Craven calls him Lucian. I'm assuming it's because Lucifer, and they've all got, like, fucking lame names. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it don't matter. At any rate, um, he bites Michael. Look at that. And Celine drags Michael away from him, and we see the blood heal the bullets right out of his huge, huge fucking forehead. See, this is the Corvinus descendant they were looking for all along. He did it. Um, and he fucking races after them. And he's got, like, a big old blade in his sleeve, like his Assassin's Creed or Baraka from Mortal Kombat. And he jumps on the car. And that was a cool practical stunt. Like him fucking sprinting after the car and diving on it. And he stabs Celine through the roof. Uh, they get away from him, sure. But she eventually does pass out while behind the wheel and crashes the car into, like, the docks. Mm. Um, I want to... I can't not point it out, but I'm going to purposely say it as I'm skipping over while she was flooring it, pointing the car at nothing but cold, salty water... Michael wakes up from the crash before her, and he gets the unconscious Celine free and drags her to the shore and resuscitates her and, you know, fixes the stab wound and shit. Yeah. And then he gets... And then he he passes out again, you know, because he got banged on the head pretty hard. Um, You know, he gets unconscious Celine free, and she's thankful for the rescue, so when he passes out a second time, she takes him home too. Yay. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh... Lucian, however, however you want to do it now, um, he goes home as well. He gives, you know, a little bit of the blood that he spat into a little cup to the creepy Nazi scientist dude, but tells him like, don't like, don't even stress, man. This shit is all good. He knows the blood is the special stuff because he pushed a bullet out of his head like it was a poop coming out of a butt, um, and and he also bit Michael. So in a few days, when the full moon rolls around, Michael is going to come to them for answers anyway. He's like, he will come to us. That's he is going to be a dog boy. 
Dog boy. Do you have a favorite werewolf? I feel like it's an underutilized thing. I remember American Werewolf in like Paris being pretty in London maybe. One of them was cool. He like talks to his victims in his head and, she, and they're like passively aggressively mad at him for killing them. That's a that's a fun one, but I cannot think of many werewolves in general. They don't use them that much. I can think of more mummies mostly because of the mummy. I don't know. I think they use them. Um, but I was you, you know. I'm at the point now where I feel like it's only zombies and vampires, and they don't really fuck with any of the other ones. You you know how we have like horse girls. Yeah. I was the mythological creature girls. Yeah, I bet you were. You like centaurs? I don't like them. No. Oh, Pegasus, though. What about Mothman? Mothman. Yeah, there you go. Strange Goatman. So, oh, what about um the Loveland Frog? Yes. That's a great one, because he's, he's a frog. I like that. That's all you need. So, when Craven finds out that Celine let a person into their house, he gets real mad about it. Remember? Yeah. He's sleeping on her couch. He spits a lot while he's bitching about it. Like I, made... I don't know if he's spitting or just making like an annoyed tick. Listen, I've watched the scene three times in two days. While he's shouting, a lot of spit is flying out of his mouth. Yeah, but you're also like not the best judge of stuff at the moment. Watch it three times. Yeah, but you're... One time I had to stop because I was too tired to watch it. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, he's upset that... That Celine, being a trustworthy assassin with like 600 years of experience, bringing evidence that Lucian isn't dead and the storms are brewing, isn't enough for him to act. He's mad at her about that. Fuck him. He sucks. Meanwhile, Erica, as you said, is poking around the sleeping boy. Uh, when she spots the lichen bite on his shoulder, she goes full Twilight cringe, awkwardly leaps onto the ceiling and hisses at him. I mean... Once I'm again, really that. cementing my stance that Celine is the only cool one of the bunch. <laughs> Right? Anytime a vampire hisses instead of making like a comeback or a witty retort, they lose points. Yeah, but he was Thems the rules. Out. What's she gonna say to a sleeping creature? Oh fuck, he's awake. <laughs> or That's hey, you're witty. you're a fucking lichen, you suck. You know what I mean though? Like when they hiss like a cat, I'm like, well that's real fucking imposing. That's what I do when you turn on the lights in the morning. Because you were sleepy, you're not a morning person. Exactly. Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Thanks, fucking cup from, like, Harris Scarf or some shit. Fuck off. Live, laugh, love and shit. Um, where was I? <laughs> I'm God doing great. So Michael wakes up, and, and upon seeing such a goofy woman, he runs away. Um, yeah. For some reason, this makes Craven mad as well, because you just can't please this asshole. You let him he in. He knows where He's in my fucking is. house. Oh, my God. All right, he's out of the house. Oh, my God, he's out of the house. <laughs> Again, I'm sick. I'm sick of him in his big silky billowing shirts. He fucking. Um, what do you know? Um, he slapped Celine because you know he hit a lady. That's just something to add to my list of things. Now that you've pointed it out, it's not cool anymore. What his shirt or that he slapped a lady? Exactly. What's not cool? Wait. Now that you've pointed it out, it's not cool. The fuck did you mean? <laughs> that he that he struck a female woman? No. The worst kind of woman. You've mentioned it, yeah. so now you're bringing light to the fact that he hit a woman. Yeah. I'm cancelling him. Exactly. Craven cancelled. Um, so a few things happen while 
A few things happen while Selene is in the mana's firing range, but before I list them off, can I just say the fact that the targets are just fancy old marble-like busts of people is super on brand for how stylized this universe and this house is. I mean, who cares? It's a marble bust. You can get that from anyone. It's weird. It's fascinating. Um, While there, Armory Dude, whose name I... Shakespeare. I wrote his name down later. Um, He's there, and he gives her an upgrade. See... He has copied the UV bullets to make make new silver ones for... Silver nitrate. Well, I wrote silver goo. It's silver It's nitrate. a gooey nitrate, yeah. So now surgery won't be enough to save lichens that she shoots because, you know, it's like injecting into them, into their system. It injects into the bloodstream. It gets all up in there. And it's around this point that she starts to question the logic of dumb old Craven. See, his claim to fame, how he got the role of... um. I've written down boss pyre, but I think I meant boss vampire. Yes. Whatever you like there. The, the he's fact, in charge. Yep. Um, and the reason he is, he's, he's like fancy brag, the big thing on his resume, is that he was the one who killed uh, Lucian. Yeah. Okay. An army goes into his castle and only one comes out, Craven. All right. See, is that something? Uh, we also see them have a meeting in the next scene to let us know that Selene was right. They are hanging out. Um, okay, so while she plans to do something crazy, um, and Craven- You're not allowed to look into the history. That's- If your his- if the history of your thing is forbidden to look at, you're probably Catholic. Or American. Or- We're told to look into the history of our thing. The whole thing is read the Bible. Yeah, but there's a lot of, like, mm, sus things. Pretty much everything the Jews have done. That's not a racist thing. That's me not remembering who was who in the Palestine stuff. War crimes are abound. Just in general. Be careful of them. <laughs> Check under your bed for war crimes. Make sure they're not in there. No, the, the moral of the story here is research history because that's when you find out all the things that people don't want you to know because those, they have a reason. Those who forget history are deemed to repeat it. Exactly. That's a quote from something. <laughs> Probably from a person. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that she's like, oh, it's forbidden to check our search history. I'm like, why? That's, that, that makes it way more sus than not saying anything. But um, yeah, so she's planning something. Craven and Lucian discuss the Lycans making their big comeback and we check in on Michael. How's he doing, Kyle? Not well. He got bit. He got done bit. <laughs> Yeah, Michael has jumped out of a window. Yeah, but he did superhero landing. Michael is. Hey, we're not up to that yet. No. Oh, he jumped out of the house. Yes. Yeah. When the lady started. Bitches be jumping out of all sorts. Hence the reason <laughs> it's the Evanescence music video mm. extended director's edition. Mm. Michael has returned to the hospital he works at to get Chris Redfield from Afterlife to help him with a man bite. Um, it's starting to hurt his bones, you know, he's going to become a werewolf soon, so it's all stretched out and starting to expand, he's having these flashes that I've decided to mention and not write down, because they matter later, but I'll just you foreshadow know, them now. Happens. There's nothing to them yet. There is a lady screaming, and a dude yep. crying. So Mariah Carey's ex-lover dobs him straight into the cops from earlier, so Michael runs the fuck out of there and ends up going back to the vampire house, because Celine seems to be the only person he can trust right now. I do like the... Our lichen officers, their plan is just to hang out at the hospital until They've Michael just been chilling back. in case he picks up a shift during all this. And no one finds that suspicious. 
He was involved in a shooting, I guess. Dude, if cops went to my work and they were like, oh, she's gone home for the afternoon, we'll just sit wait. here and wait until she gets here tomorrow morning. It's a good way to get, like, I'm time. pretty sure someone's going to be like, no. You know damn well vampire police, werewolf police, have um, 72-hour shifts, <laughs> I guess. Um, it would be much funnier if it was, like, a Friday afternoon they had to wait till Monday morning. Oh, no. And then I popped out. Yep. Celine has decided to wake up Jeff, and by Jeff I mean Victor, her father figure vampire who has been resting in a coffin. Who's not his turn to be awake. No, it's not his turn. Wake up Jeff is a Wiggles reference. Um, Is Jeff Thanks. still there? No. All right, well, it's an old reference. <laughs> like a floppy disk or me explaining what an answering machine was. No, I really, I really like they got the original Wiggles back. They're just they doing, do, like, their own, they, like, club no, no, shows and they shit. Do, They're cool. They do two sets. Yeah. They do the kid set, and then they do the millennial set. <laughs> That's a good time. Well, I like that they've aged with their stuff. You know I appreciate when they do that. Like, Scott Ogre Pleasant was really good for that, and now it's really not fucking interesting. No, I've just watched out that millennials will pay for anything that makes us feel like we're alive for five minutes. Yeah. So, cash I, in. I've bought so many VHS tapes, and I still haven't managed to get a working VCR. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. I'm coming up with a plan, a scheme even. I'll send it to you. You can offer to buy it. I thought about it. I was going to go behind your back and buy a thing you were going to buy for me with my money. <laughs> but. I thought it was one. Tangenting. You didn't buy anything. It's not it. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, I think. I think the leader vampires rest while others step in or something. This is a thing I wrote down during my first watch of this. That is, in fact. What is happening? No, because he gets killed in the fire. There's supposed to be three leader vampires. Yeah, and, and two of them take... are napping while the other guy's in charge. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The other guy died in the fire where Lucian died. And that's why he put Craven in charge, because he killed Lucian. Yeah, he's the big big dude. Um, Thus, it is Morpus's time. Yeah. Normally they would drink the blood of some smart elders and it refreshes their memory because if uh, Janie Bell from Zombies Tramp has told me anything, if, like, any major subgenre of monster bites a thing or gets blood from a thing, they get, like, a bunch of the memories from the thing. That's that's a rule, isn't it? I mean, Michael's, Michael's is backwards because he's getting them from the dude who bit him. Yeah, but that's because he's but normally the ancestor, you absorb the memories so he's probably shit. seeing it from the oh. side of his ancestor before Lucian. Because if you remember, he's not seeing it through Lucian's eyes. He's seeing it through the Elder's eyes. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. he sees what happens to Lucian, not what Lucian sees. He's probably seeing it through Marcus's point of view, actually. It also might just be the way they've chosen to film the shot. It doesn't matter. But, but yeah, um, the, the sleeping vampire gets a bunch of blood dripped into their mummified body. And they remember a bunch of important shit from the people that put the blood in there. All right, but um, it has to be someone that's good with organization yeah. skills. Yeah, Celine not this time it's just Celine who explains the plot so far into a mirror, so he'll get a quick summary instead of a bunch of like probably important stuff. Um, so when the blood drips into his mouth, uh, we watch it flow into his body in a CGI moment that is clearly inspired by Nos traveling through Brian's car in Fast and Furious two years prior. That is 100% based on, like, the button push and then the NOS going through all the car and then popping out the back. Look, Tell it was, It's exactly the it same shot, just me. It was a popular thing 
but it doesn't make it less icky when I watch your muscles reignite themselves. Reignite. Realign, sweetheart. No. No? They don't realign. They don't break themselves. Michaels do. We're not talking about Michael right now. No one's igniting. Hang on. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. Victor's... I'm sitting there thinking about Jesse getting shot on the, in the streets of the, of the mean suburbs. <laughs> I think he had ADD, I think. I think I have... ADHD. I don't remember this. Victor is the original trilogy of Fast and Furious are He's whatever. just rehydrating. Rehydrating, yeah, because he's like getting drip-fed blood into his system, as we say. It's a cool look, actually. We'll talk about it when we come up to it. Yeah. He's a little onion boy. But yeah, that is 100%. That sh- those shots are based on Fast and Furious. They'd have to be, right? I can't think of any I can't think of any other examples either. So it's got to be. Because Fast and Furious 1 was, like, a big deal when it happened. I think they're less... I don't know how to Google that to see, like... Google is Fast and Furious important. (laughs) Um, yeah, so, as he wakes, uh, Michael shows up and Craven is like, Selene, if you go to that man at the front door, you won't be welcome back here. And she says that's not up to him, it's up to Victor now that he's awake, and she storms out, and Kyle loves the look of the extra's face as she ditches. No, no, (laughs) so... The elders are in a sealed off room while they're they in the nap. crypt. Yeah. And there is the a security officer out the front who can let you in or out and has to supervise everything you do at the time. Yeah. She somehow manages to get around him and wake up I the elder. I just think elder. he was like I don't he just wasn't there. He was just on smoker or something. And and then when she leaves and she's like it's up to him, he's in charge now. The dude that's supposed to have been security guarding is like, Uh-oh. oh, they're going to beat me. I love a good, like, overly dramatic guy in the background. Like, there's a bunch of those in the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. They're fun to look for if you know the movies that are full of them, mm. you know? But that guy's a great example because he's doing, like, the oh face. No, well, he's, he's doing, like, a... He's so impressed that, like, they're going to kick your butt, Celine. And then they're gonna massacre mine. <laughs> I'm gonna be Kyle. I'm gonna be fine. But I love drama. <laughs> um, so Celine goes and takes Michael uh, to an interrogation room slash safe house to hide from both vampires and lichens until she can work out how he fits into things. She also gives him a quick summary of things so far about the Universal Monster Race War um, and how he's going to be a lichen and no one has survived a bite from both groups. She explains. How Lycans killed her family. Oh, this is like her origin story. Um, yeah, she explains that the Lycans killed her family and Victor had rescued her and she'd been on like a big vengeance kick ever since. That's that's her basic system there. Her and Michael share a bit of a kiss there, but it's a distraction so he can get handcuffed to a sink. Um, she gives him a silver bullet gun and says he'll become a monster later and it's better to be dead than running around like eating babies or whatever it is that they do. Um, and she heads back to the house because at this point Victor's probably good to go. And she'll oh, talk to him. Hoping. Yeah. Well, she doesn't want to talk to Craven. He's a fucking loser. So, meanwhile, Victor... Let's check in on those two, huh? Victor's given Craven a dressing down that Selena made him aware of some gross problems in his coven. Um, I think Yeah, that Selene is allowed to do whatever she wants. Yeah, but also, like, maybe everyone's a fucking class traitor and shit. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I like his design as he's, like, becoming... 
It's very um, disgusting and it's epic. Yeah, he, it's got a little bit mummified. He's got a bunch of sweet blood tubes hanging from the ceiling as they like refill him or whatever. Um, he claims he's rested long enough, but Craven tells him, "Nah, man, not the case. In fact, because Celine woke him up hundreds of years early, breaking one their one rules. What? Yeah, one one rules to rest tradition." Uh, when she returns after giving Craven a good smack for his bullshit, um, she goes to talk to her father figure, mummy guy. <laughs> her father mummy. Cool. I'm writing that down. <laughs> and you can edit that part out because it's just a long silence while I type things in with a pen. Um, he seems to have missed her, but and, and you know, that's kind of nice. But she did fuck up by waking him and she will face consequences, but... Um, but now Craven actually has to investigate her findings. Mm. Isn't that inconvenient which, for him? Which he's directly involved, in fact. means that it kind of works out, but it doesn't work out. I mean, <laughs> she's getting what she wants, but she's also been bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that, Craven quickly updates the lichens of the events and gives them some assignments to get into quickly before he literally sends Celine to her room. Wow, what a fucking move. Um, she gives some lip saying Craven probably was too much of a pussy to actually draw Lucian's blood. I like the way she says it, though. I mean, she says everything, like, I'm not going to say, like, Macbeth style, but there's a, there's, there's some old-timey attitude to her dialect, so to speak. Yeah. It's, it's, what I mean is it's not, like, it's not too, it's a good amount of talking kind of old-timey. Probably like Agent Carter, I guess. I mean, it, gi- it gives you the sense that they have been around longer than she's been, what they look. She's been kicking it. Just hanging out. Yeah. In vague European places. Budapest. Yeah, Budapest, that's what it is. Yep, so she says he sucks. Um, while stuck in her room, one of the elders from another faction is arriving in town via goth train. Yeah. Yep, which is cool. Unfortunate for Amelia, the, uh, the elder vampire. Uh, Craven picked the group to pick her up, so she gets dead. Um, no, he swapped the group at the last minute. That's what I'm saying. Like, he organized it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's a shame, because aside from Celine, it was nice not having to put a fucking K into every vampire's name like their Mortal Kombat menu selections. Speaking of which, let's check in on Erica with a K. I don't know why I went out of my way to add the Ks to everything, because it's phonetic. Yeah. The listeners can't see what I'm genuine. Maybe to the did, point did of no reason. Did you capitalize your case? Some of them. Um, so Erica breaks Celine out. She says she's trying to get promoted from... See, this is the thing. You think it's get like into a position of power. I think it's to upgrade from third wheel to plausible booty call. Because no, the thing you got to remember... be the vampire queen! No, because Craven wants to conquer Celine's fucking vagina... And if she's, like, such an outlaw, she's not welcome back, maybe he'll, like, stop chasing her and maybe get with the groupie. Wants to be the vampire queen, because that's what... He wants Celine to be the vampire queen. Mm. And Celine's like, No, nah, you man, fucking suck. I hate your weird I'm, shirts. I'm a death dealer. That's my only role in this I just, universe. I just want to shoot things and look cool. And Erica is like, But I wouldn't mind being a vampire queen. She's trying to level up, bro. I just think she has a big crush on a dingus. Nah, she doesn't like him. I don't I like can him. Tell. I certainly don't like him. As as a woman. You're a lady. Chemistry's just not there. No. Well, he doesn't have chemistry with she anything because he's a She just likes dude. his power. No. Power. At any rate, she's getting Selena into trouble, more or less. 
Because she lets her out and then, like, immediately raises, like, the alarm and dobs on her. She goes, oh, Craven, Selene escaped. I don't know how she did it. Like, she's already, like, dobbing her in before, like, anyone knows she's fucking gone. She's on top of things. She's quick. She's speed running. So Selene heads out to go and get Michael, deciding he is not safe in a room designed to torture and kill lichens. Um, as she goes up the stairs, she spots a squad of lichens, in fact, on their way up as well. Um, when she gets to, she gets him out of the cuffs and tells him to jump out the window. He looks down a, um, I don't know, five or six story drop and he's like, are you fucking nuts? Well, he thinks he's still just a boy. I think it's pretty cool. Suddenly bullets start ripping through the place and he just kind of falls out anyway. But Kyle, we know he has, you know, superpowers brewing. So what does he do? Superhero landing. That's right. A cop car pulls up beside him and I take a moment to be surprised how completely utilized two lichens in cosplay are in this movie. They are fucking... They're in way more scenes than I'd expect. Um, he takes a swing or two, he throws some punches, but they manhandle him into the cop car. Well, he's not doing okay, because he's... It's full moon night. That's, yeah. He's having a bad day. Everyone's having a bad day. And this is, in fact, a good spot for us to put a pin in things. Yeah. We're at the... We're at a moment of chaos here. Michael's being captured. Celine's um... Being shot up. Yeah, she's trapped in a, in a gun fight. Um... Victor is, oh, he's almost ready to wear clothes, I think, at this point. You know, because he was a mummy for a he's, bit. I think he's, he's, still, I think he's almost done in his mummy. He's still bit. Mm, True, true. He's, he kind of looks that way the whole time, though. He, he never gets, like, natural. Yeah, he does in the final fight. Yeah, I suppose. It, it, there's some, maybe it's just, like, the lighting or something. There's still sort of, like, a, there's a tinge to No, it. it's because he's the oldest. Yeah, he's, he's just old. Yeah. He's just an old man. They, they say... Like they, bad grandpa. Once again, using Twilight as a point of reference. you got to you got to cut down on that. <laughs> the, the council that Aro is part of, mm. which is in this Lucian, their skin is described as looking like it would be like paper. Okay. So it's almost transparent when they stand in front of the light. Like when you see the big blue veins on the big tits. Yeah. Sorry to take it there, but I'm trying to... Understand. <laughs> I'm, so like, I'm visualizing it for as a, a non-Twilight guy. As as like a young, you know, freshly turned person, you've got that like perfect skin and perfect coloring and everything like that. Hmm. But because you've been in the light for so long, thousands of years, it's not like good breaking for you. down your yeah. molecules. Yeah, you get peely, like an old couch, like an onion, like an old leathery couch, or an onion. Piece of parchment. The mm. gas. A sun dried tomato. Nah. <laughs> They're too wrinkly, they been. That's the fish people. Yeah. Well, at any rate, oh fish people. That's what that's what the underworld universe needed. Other universal monsters. We're talking gillmans, we're talking mummies. We're talking It's a very Phantom big, of the Opera. It's a much better wolf man than the wolf man in Wolfman. Wolfman? He's not a great wolf man. I think he's just fucked over that guy. I think he just rolled around in some hair and they were like, dumb. Yeah, and then everyone just bullies him. He didn't even like being a wolf man. No, it's not like Invisible it. Man who got like so fucking drunk on the power he fucking loved it. Wolfman's like, oh my god, my nose is all fucking gross. I, need man, to, you I have to piss talk, on fire hydrants. You want to talk about a CGI scene? Invisible Man. Mm, that is pretty cool. Still one of my favorite cinematic scenes. No, it's not even that cinematic. It's in black and white. This, this movie's barely got colours in it either. This is true. 
And that's fine. And that is uh, the end of part one of us covering Underworld. Uh, I hope... Grave detail. We usually go pretty over the top with our movies. Um, but that's good. The whole point of this movie, of this podcast is for you to listen to it and then pretend you've seen something. We're here to call bluffs. For a second, I thought the microphone was not plugged in. <laughs> it's not. We've just been having this discussion. That was what I was very afraid of, yes. If you're listening to this, all right. All right. All right. Um, I've been your host, uh, Toby DePaul. I've been joined by the vivacious producer, Kyle. That's a word. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Definitely subscribe to, you know, hear part two when it comes out. And listen to our older episodes if you like. There's some stuff in there. I've mentioned vampires before. Alright, good stuff. Any any passing thoughts so far in the movie? Do you recommend the movie? I said it as fun luck. That's the, the homework. If you've listened to this half, you may as well finish the movie. No, no, I... At, my, at my real job, mm. they, it came off of, you know, like, what did you do last night? I was like, oh, I watched Underworld. And they were like... I know, like, what the fuck's that? And I was like, oh, vampire werewolf kind of Twilight Matrix. Well, they were like, so is it like Twilight? I'm like, no. No, In a sense that there's vampires and werewolves, yes. But in no other qualities. Is it like Vampire Diaries? I'm like, no. That's the one where where all the merchandise is like a blood, right? Or is that true blood? No, true blood. Uh, I'm sick of seeing that at conventions. Probably more like true blood than... Okay, cool, cool. But I think True Blood is way more rapey. You take Romeo and Juliet, you put it in Twilight, you put a bunch of guns in it. So Baz Lemon's Romeo and Juliet? Guillermo del Toro's Romeo and Juliet. And class is dismissed. Yep, thanks for listening everybody, Say bye.